0: Welcome to the Jesus Den Podcast. I'm Derek. Got later here with me. This week, we record episode 100, a major milestone. And we're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 6, which shows us kind of how to be hated in the world. Right? I know that's not what we all want, but it's a big part of Christianity. We'll be right back. Listen. You know, we have a new podcast out called That Pentecostal Podcast. Episodes are already available. So Larry, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what's happening over at TPP?
1: Yeah, we saw a need for a devotional podcast in the Pentecostal realm. We saw a need just for a short, uplifting moment that we can give to people. And so we decided that we're going to do it. We're going to make one. We're going to put it out there. It's going to include us. It's going to include our new members of the team. It's going to have Derek. It's going to have me. It's going to have Adrian. It's going to have some other people. We're going to have guests. And we're going to bring to you life applicable, faith building, Holy Ghost fired emotionals every single Monday. That
0: Pentecostal podcast is available everywhere you get your podcast. So go set it to download, set it to notify you, whatever you need to do. But don't miss that Pentecostal podcast every Monday.
2: Welcome back to the Jesus Name News podcast. This week's episode, we're going to look at a story that's coming. But before we get to that for a moment, let's let's talk about the other big deal that is happening right now. And that is that you, listener, are listening to the 100th episode we have recorded of the Jesus Name News podcast. Yeah, that's and, insane. And I'm in awe of that. Like, I, I cannot believe when we look at how many episodes have been listened to and it's I want to say it's over 5,000 at this point. Yeah, it's Different over about... Different listens to our episodes. I'm I'm humbled, and I'm just in awe. You know, I look at the number of countries that have listened to this podcast. And yeah, I
0: mean, South Africa, Germany, I, even a couple of in Iran. Like there's like 1% or 2% in Iran.
2: Yeah, it's it's just... It's amazing. I want to say there's like... I don't know, it's like... 40 50 countries yeah there's a massive list yeah like Russia Fiji Iran Uganda Hong Kong Papua New Guinea Kenya St. Lucia I mean if one person in St. Lucia has listened to this podcast I think we've reached like you know 0.001 percent of the entire population of that country
0: and I think that it's it's really amazing because when we started this uh, I don't know how far we thought it would go, but I know over the last, you know, three years, yeah, we're now going global. Like we kind of started with a, if we can just get to this point, we'll be okay. And <laughs> it's kind of expanded. And, you know, that's obviously all thanks to you guys. Um, yeah. We couldn't do this without you. We would not have a show without you guys. Y'all make it possible, and that's the reason we do it. We don't. Yeah. We don't do this to really like be known. We don't do this to to just get our name out there necessarily. But we like it. We like what we do, and we love bringing you guys all this content.
2: Yeah, we like we we love to talk about Jesus. We love to talk about the Bible. We love to talk about what it really means and get into this and and so we decided to kind of bring it forward and if you're enjoying it if you're liking what you're hearing you know rate us on the app you're using to listen to podcasts reach out to us on social media whatever you know social media you might find us on yeah jesus name network yeah let us know what you're seeing let us know what you're liking let us know what you're disliking what can we do better Whatever that is, let us know, because we do want to know. We want to hear from you. Because ultimately, if we were recording this podcast and we were sending it out and nobody was listening to it, it's not doing anything. Yeah. It only exists. It only does anything because of you. So thank you so much. With that, let's let's talk about what we're here to talk about this week. We're going to open up to Daniel chapter 6. And in this chapter, we find that Darius is now ruling over what is now the Persian Empire, as Persia has taken over Babylon. He has set 120 men known as setraps as basically governors of different regions and different areas of his empire. And over those 120, he places three. So really, he's the king of king of kings. Yeah. the the way there he is trying to place himself higher and higher and higher compared to people is is telling and there's there's so much that we could talk about there and we're just we're gonna pass by that though maybe another day we'll hit that but uh one of these three high officials right so the the ones that are over the 40 is Daniel so this this refugee taken from Israel kidnapped from his home put in the court, that, that defied the norms of Babylon, that rose in power because of his faith in God, went through the, the change of empires, when Persia overtook Babylon, and is now ruling one step below Darius. And that's where we find ourselves in Daniel 6, 4, and 5.
0: Then the high officials and satraps sought to find a ground of complaining against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful, and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said we shall not find any ground for complaining against Daniel unless
2: we find it in connection with the law of his God. Okay, so let's just stop right here for just a brief moment, because I think this is something that we often get confused. For a moment, let's consider some words of Jesus. Matthew ten twenty two. 22. If you could read that for us.
0: And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures
2: to the end will be saved. So I've seen in my life, many in the church who will say things like, it's the truth to justify people hating us, not as much for what we say, but for how we say things we say things in a way that is is mean or can be cruel or is too blunt and isn't considering the person that we're speaking to or the audience that we're speaking to right and and then we we claim that we are being persecuted because the attitude that we present things that can be found offensive for the sake of Jesus' name and what God tells us but really, they're being found offensive because of things that we're accompanying it with. And and we say, well, it's truth, so I can say it however I want. Or it's truth, so it just needs to be said no matter what. And the thing is, is that, to quote Mary Poppins, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Like, Jesus didn't just walk up to people and be like, you're bad. Fair enough. You know, like, that's just, that's not a thing. At some point... If you actually want to change somebody's mind, if you actually want to reach somebody, if you actually want to do good, you have to understand that just because it's truth doesn't mean it needs to be said. Especially not in that moment. And so those things are not what Daniel did. You see, Daniel, he served the pagan king who believed himself to be a literal god with excellence. I mean, could you see some of our modern church brethren that want to be able to do, you know, whatever they want because it's the right thing to do no matter what, serving literally somebody who says that they're a pagan god? So right. Yeah, like we wouldn't do that. That's not the attitude that we have in regards to the world around us. He did what he was asked to do because the reality is that when the empire, the Jews lived and prospered, the Jews could also prosper within it. Right, And putting a target on their backs wasn't going to be helpful. And you see, we're called to be lights in the darkness. We're called to serve all those we come across. We're called to show the love of Christ at all times. The Bible tells us that we will be hated. Yes, Daniel was hated as well. But it says that we will be hated for his name's sake that means that we should be seeking out love and peace and acceptance with the world with the understanding that it won't come. However, that doesn't change what our purpose should be. We shouldn't be seeking confrontation. We should not be seeking strife. Christians should not be the internet trolls. We should not be seeking ways to undermine the powers placed over us. Now, That doesn't mean that there isn't a time to speak out against actual tyranny. If it's Germany in 1937, you should speak out against the government you're under. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean there isn't a time and a place to do that speaking out. Like, you shouldn't hold up a sign in the center of the town and get yourself killed that day. You have to be wise. Yeah, you can't go around trying to make yourself a martyr, right? Yeah, because if you make yourself a martyr, are you really a martyr? Yeah, are you doing it for his glory or your glory? Yeah, it's like, you know, there's this phrase that you sometimes hear like, you know, suicide by cop. Yeah. Where somebody does something stupid and they force an officer to take action. If you make people act, that doesn't make you a martyr. That doesn't make you a victim. You caused that. And that's the thing. No matter what evil we might see. And guess what? doesn't matter what the government is doing. It doesn't matter how much the government's views might even agree with ours. It's evil. The world is, by definition, evil. The governments of Babylon and Persia and Rome, they were also evil. And in so many ways, they are worse than anything we've ever encountered here in America. Right. Like Some of the things they did, we honestly probably could not even fathom because they were so awful that history didn't even record some of them. But Daniel served in this court of this Persian emperor, of this Babylonian emperor. Jesus said to give unto Caesar what was his, to give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, to obey it when it doesn't contradict God. Paul flaunted his Roman citizenship not as a mark of superiority or self-gain, but only when it was able to be used for the benefit of the gospel. Right. He declined to declare his citizenship when declining to declare his citizenship also would benefit to the gospel. And and so Paul wrote to the church and we're going to come back. We're going to read this here, and we're going to come back to it later in Romans 14:16 through 18.
0: So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable
2: to God and approved by men. It is our job to show God's love. To show his way, to show that his way is better. It's not our job to constantly undermine what is around us because God doesn't need us to do that. You see, the thing that we get confused about sometimes is we act like we have to do something for God to reign. Right. We don't. God reigns supreme. He is already the God almighty. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We don't have to convert America for God to reign. God reigns. We don't have to convert Rome or Persia. For God to reign, because God reigns. God reigned over Darius. And so Daniel knew he could serve Darius and serve God. Right. So let's be like Daniel. Trust God. That doesn't mean we don't take action. That doesn't mean we don't use our voice. That doesn't mean we don't take part in democracy. Do those things. But we need to understand that at the end of the day, we serve God. We serve the actual authority of the world. Right. When we do that, when we do that without seeking out strife and arguments, when seeking out peace with people around us, they will find us just as they found Daniel way back in Persia when 120 satraps and two other rulers conspired against him and they could not find anything to say against him. It doesn't just say they couldn't find something to, like, get him executed for. They couldn't even find something to say he did wrong. And this is
0: kind of where people have to understand the historical context of Persia and, like, being a ruler or a satrap, if you will, at that time. Uh Uh-huh. Like, it could be a very precarious position, like, even to be an emperor of Babylon or Persia because you're constantly under threat of assassination, and that's why we had cut bearers, which is why Nehemiah's position even existed. Yeah. Right. And so it, people read this. like I can't believe that they would do that. Well, this was what life was like in Persia. This is what life was like in ancient times. If you didn't like someone that was ruling and you wanted part of their kingdom or if you wanted part of their power or and I'm sure that's what they were conspiring
2: to do. I mean, we see that in America today. I mean, we have this idea that you can just impeach people from the other party and then your people would move up into their place. And it's just that simple. You don't even need a reason to. It's extremely
0: idealistic. And back then, it. it, But back then, it was even easier. easier. All you had to do
2: was poison the dude.
0: Yeah, you didn't. And no one would think otherwise, but, well, that's just the way it goes, but... Yeah. Now, there were, obviously, they would have, like, trials if they figured out who it was, and the person would be punished, but even then, it was a lot
2: easier, and people Plus, were Plus, once you sat on the throne, you couldn't have a trial against you. Yeah, I mean, it didn't matter at that point. Yeah. Like, you
0: if you got into that position of satrap, you pretty much only answered to Darius, right? You mm-hmm. pretty much only answered to whoever was above you, and
2: only their opinion mattered. So, yeah. And that's what they used. They used that exact thing to get their plan to move. It's the same ploy used against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They played to the king's arrogance and pride and his sense of personal divinity and used that against the Hebrews, against the Jews. In Daniel 6 8, they convinced the king that. All the rulers, of the whole empire, agree. And obviously, he didn't do a head count because at least one of them would have disagreed with this. Yeah, there's no election happening. Yeah, he didn't do a head count when they went, All the rulers agree that a law should be made that anyone who prays any god or man for 30 days other than Darius should be thrown in a den of lions. But they didn't ask him to just make this law. They got a little more sneaky. They asked him to make a law and sign the document in a way that it cannot be changed no matter what because the law of the Medes and the Persians cannot be revoked. It's the same thing that we see in the Book of Esther where the king makes a law not realizing that his wife is one of the people that would be harmed by this. Yeah. And then in because he can't revoke it, he has to make a second law that doesn't revoke it but would almost revoke the function of it in a different way. And so Darius agrees. He signs this, and he doesn't realize the repercussions of this because he was told all of his rulers agreed with this. He was told everyone was in agreement. And Daniel now exists in a world that is explicitly seeking to persecute him, even though he didn't do anything wrong, and even though the people who actually did it didn't even realize that it was going to persecute him. Think about that. Like, the people who are going to cast pass judgment on him don't realize they're going to have to pass judgment on him. And right. here's the thing. He continued to do his job. He continued to do what he needed to do. He didn't say anything. He didn't go to Darius and say, Hey, why are you trying to kill me? No. Nope. He just kept doing what he was doing. And whatever happened, happened. We see in Daniel 6.10... What happened, what his reaction is, if you could read that. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had
0: windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knee three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he had done previously.
2: Daniel changed nothing. He didn't make a show of it. He didn't protest. He didn't change how he served Darius. Darius. And I get it when I say that, like it, we live in America. And part of the reason that we do some of those things is because we have a right to do those things. Quite frankly, if Daniel would have gone up to Darius and he would have been like, hey, Darius, what are you doing? Darius would have thrown him in the den of lions because Daniel questioned him. Well, and it, it says he didn't make a public display of this, he went to his home. Yes. And he also, yeah, he went in, he did it in the window where technically somebody could see him. But at the same time, somebody was kneeling at a window. What does that mean? Yeah. He didn't flaunt it. He didn't make sure that people saw it. He just privately went about doing what he needed to. He didn't put anybody in danger. He didn't make any threats. He didn't demand that other people pray with him. He didn't even ask other people to pray with him. He did it himself.
0: Well and that's what makes Daniel so significant. I mean, the man is just or was just quiet, like he he's faithful, he was faithful, he didn't in everything yeah he didn't he didn't waver in in the face of law, he didn't waver in the face of food, he didn't waver in the face of luxury he yeah, he was exactly who he said he was. And that was yeah. a child of God. He was an Israelite. And exactly. You know, always like it says, yeah, you know, he opened opened toward Jerusalem. And we're talking about, you know, he's not getting involved with the politics. Why? Because his politics were was about Jerusalem. His politics were about his home. Mm, that'll preach. Yeah, our politics is not about necessarily this world. Like, yes, if there is injustice, you speak up. Absolutely. But this world is not your home. Your first mission is the New Jerusalem. You should have your windows open towards New Jerusalem. So I'll leave that where that's at. You can take it however you want to take it.
1: Yeah,
2: and that's the thing is there's no indication that Daniel was hated because of anything negative he did. If anything, the text implies that they hated him because they knew that they could never surpass him because everything he did was so excellent. It's what happens when you're faithful. Yeah, so even if they did figure out how to get rid of Darius, guess who would rise to Darius's place? It would either be Darius's son, his heir, or Daniel. And that's it. Those are the only options. So they had to eliminate Daniel to have a chance to move up. And so with that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to look at the miracle that happened in response to Daniel's faithfulness
0: listen, you know, we have a new podcast out called That Pentecostal Podcast. Episodes are already available. So Larry, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what's happening over at TPP?
1: Yeah, we saw a need for a devotional podcast in the Pentecostal realm. We saw a need just for a short, uplifting moment that we can give to people. And so we decided that we're going to do it. We're going to make one. We're going to put it out there. It's going to include us. It's going to include our new members of the team. It's going to have Derek. It's going to have me. It's going to have Adrian. It's going to have some other people. We're going to have guests. And we're going to bring to you life applicable, faith building, Holy Ghost fire devotionals every single Monday. That
0: Pentecostal podcast is available everywhere you get your podcast. So go set it to download, set it to notify you, whatever you need to do. But don't miss that Pentecostal podcast every Monday.
2: Welcome back to the Jesus Name News Podcast, where we are discussing the faithfulness of Daniel. You see, Daniel was always going to choose to serve God first, but that doesn't mean he didn't faithfully serve the Persian Empire, the Persian king. But those that were against him were now watching his every move because they had tricked Darius, that Persian king, to make a law that they knew Daniel would not follow. So let's keep reading in this story, Daniel 6, 11 through 13, and let's see what it says. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition
0: and plea before his god. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within thirty days except to you, O king, shall be cast to the den of lions? So right king here, answered, real quick, before you go on,
2: I want to point out something. Notice how they didn't go to the king and go, hey, that guy Daniel didn't didn't follow your dumb law. Right. Like they didn't come to him and tell him what they were trying to get across. They went, oh, king, didn't you sign this thing that says this? The king only has one answer, and that's the one we're going to find when you keep reading. Yeah, the king answered
0: and said the thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which could not be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Oh, so, hold up. So, Daniel is one of these high-ranking officials, and just notice how they turn that back on him and say he's an exile from Judah. Yeah. He's not one of us. Yeah. Like, he, he doesn't belong here. And... That, that can preach, too.
2: but Yeah, and the thing is, is they don't... They make the king pro- re-proclaim what he said, confirm its factual basis, and then flip it and tell him what their purpose was. And he had no choice but to respond, okay? The fact is, is that Daniel broke the law. He did what the king said not to do. He violated this degree. He should be... The king should be angry. Daniel is a criminal. Daniel needs to be thrown in the lion den. But here's the thing. Even in the face of what these men did, they put the king in a place where the king had no choice but to throw Daniel in the lion den. But let's look at the king's response because this shows us why they approached this in this way because Darius never would have agreed to do something that would harm Daniel. And we can see that when we read Daniel 6, 14, and 15. Then the
0: king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel, and he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed.
2: Darius was distraught. Darius didn't like the result of the law that he made, and he tried to come up with any justification he could to spare Daniel from what was going to happen. Why? Well, because Daniel was good at what he did. Daniel was faithful. Daniel was good. Daniel was kind. Daniel was fair. Daniel was wise. Daniel did good things. Everything about Daniel was excellent. And Darius did not want to do what he now must do. And so, when, as we continue reading this story, we see what happens. If you can read 16 through 18 of chapter 6.
0: Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords so that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. But listen to this
2: pagan king, this pagan king who literally believed but, he was God. Hold on, because there's something in there, like, I,
0: and I don't know if the KGB interprets it this way says and a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the dead they sealed it yeah i don't know if the KJV says it that way but you know exactly what this sounds like
2: right yes it sounds exactly like the resurrection like he and the king james in verse 17 says and a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet that's the king james see I, i don't
0: think i've maybe I've just never fully processed it and that's why we do this show is because we see things that we never processed. Yeah. Well because, yeah,
2: and I mean the thing is is that I've I've heard this story in a Sunday school context.
0: Yeah, I have too.
2: I think I've really only ever heard this story in a Sunday school
0: context. Well, every time I've read Daniel, I think I've like, Oh, here's Daniel sits, the lion's dead and I I would like you know how you like passively read something? I think that's yeah. maybe what I was doing. And, yeah. and- I, I've
2: never had that brought out to me but yeah and it's it, such a good story but the thing is is and that's the, one of the other things about Daniel is that Daniel is literally speaking an apocalypse okay that doesn't mean it's not historically accurate what it means is that everything in it has meaning right every minor detail of this writing has some meaning right so the fact that a stone was brought of to to seal The now tomb that was filled with the vicious, hungry enemy of the soul of the innocent man put in there. Where did Jesus go after Mm, Where did Jesus go when he was put in the tomb? Because he didn't sit in that tomb. He preached to the dead. He went to hell. He preached to the dead and he led them out of damnation. Jesus was sealed in that tomb with a lot. I mean... Functionally speaking, I know that's very figurative, but again, we're talking about a book that is very figurative on purpose. That even to the most liberal of scholars, okay, I'm going to say from the most liberal view that you will ever find of the book of Daniel, it was written about, what, 200 years before Jesus? 150 years? Yeah, so that's the most liberal view, and I'm not saying I hold that view, but what I'm saying is the fact that it is so... So parallel to what happened to Jesus is prophetic in and of itself. It says that
0: we all know the story. Like I'm, we can read it, but it says God shut the mouth of the lion, but that's just one lion to another lion. That's the lion of Judah shutting the mouth of the lion of earth. That's the lion of Judah declaring his glory and his power to The the roaring lion that's seeking to devour. Yeah,
2: And it's it's amazing because, again, we have the the God, the pagan, the self-proclaimed pagan God of this world who is hoping that his own starved demonic lions don't harm the innocent child of God. Which, I mean, let's be real here. Yeah. Again, story of Jesus. Pilate didn't want to kill Jesus. Another thing that I that
0: I'll kind of want to point out here too, you know, and I'm I'm going to throw back to Genesis with a story that we've talked about very briefly. Uh, I think it was last season uh, with Joseph. You know, we read, you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it That's for good. good. Hold on, no, it says what you meant for evil, God meant for good. God didn't turn yeah. anything. He didn't change anything. And people look at Daniel about can't believe god would allow that no god did not the the enemy didn't slip anything by god right the enemy didn't say okay oh i got him off guard this time no when joseph was put in that pit when joseph was sold to potiphar when joseph was put in prison god understood what he wanted in the end and what his brothers meant for evil god meant it for good
2: And Joseph was another one that was found innocent at every turn.
0: Yeah. And Joseph is another one, a a, a Christ-like shadow, right? Then you look at Jesus and the priests who were shouting, crucify him, crucify Mm -hmm. him. And they're meaning
2: evil. Yeah. But God meant it for good. And I mean, we can even go past Jesus. Let's talk about Stephen. Stephen served the poor. He literally is known for weaning tables and how he dies. Because he made the officials so angry in how he was serving the poor for Jesus that they brought him before them and they put him on trial and he told them the truth and they dragged him out and they stoned him and even in that, God didn't mean that evil thing that was done to Stephen for good because who was watching that? Saul, who one day would become Paul. and but But even from
0: stephen's perspective it's still for good because paul writes to be
2: absent from the body is to be present with the lord yeah i mean do i want to get stoned no but if i'm gonna get stoned looking up and seeing jesus in this like see literally seeing him as it happens and being you know being with god is the whole point like this life is but a moment it's a vapor compared to what is promised Right and well, you know, I I I will be the I'll admit that that in life, today, that doesn't always feel like a promise that makes sense, because I know what life means. I don't know what forever means. Well, and
0: it's a promise that we we don't want to think about because yeah, we can't wrap our minds around it, right. We, you know, the, the country song is everybody wants to go have go to heaven, yep. but nobody wants to go now. And it's because our windows are yeah. not pointed toward Jerusalem. We're not pointing ourselves toward the new Jerusalem. We're not, we're, we don't care about the, about the politics of heaven. We're yep. worried about the politics of earth. And, you know, even though Daniel was this high ranking government official, everything he'd done was for the glory of God. You know, his... Just look at his story and how many other people it has inspired. I mean, look at the Prophet John uh, or the Apostle John. His, some of his stuff had to be directly inspired by Daniel, mm-hmm. right? If you look at even you know today, we look back at Daniel and we look at the Maccabean Revolution. Look at throughout history, they use Daniel as a signif- as a signification of. Hey, we need to turn ourselves to the Lord. We need to stay faithful in spite of this because this story about Daniel, Daniel tells us, yeah. hey, you need to be faithful. I served under a uh, under a a a pagan ca- a pagan king, right? You can be faithful and you get to live in Jerusalem. I didn't get yes. to live in Jerusalem. You do. Uh, it's kind of a a mirror of how we should live like we live in a world that we are not supposed to be of
2: the problem is there are a whole lot of Christians quote-unquote yeah and the thing is is that when we live in this world but we're not of this world then our character will be so highly regarded by the people of this world that even when we preach the truth of God's word that they disagree with they won't be able to come up with a reason to see us as anything but positive as anything but righteous and, and we know the end of the story of Daniel is, you know, they 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 unseal the rock and they roll it away and they find that Daniel is just fine. They find that he's okay. They find that the lions, their mouths were shut, and they cast his accusers into the lions den, and the lions destroy them. Okay. And this is the thing, is the world shouldn't be able to look at us and see us as hateful. They shouldn't be able to look at us and see us as negative. They should only be able to see us and see the good we do for the hurting, the good we do for the lost, the good we do for the hopeless, the good we do for those that have needs. Because that is what our call is. We're called to love. Love doesn't hurt. If you're loving someone and they're in pain because of your love, then you're loving them wrong. And that's not really love. I love my children and they do wrong and I have to discipline them. But if that discipline harms them, that action I take took, it might've on some level been about love, but it was not love in action that harmed them. That doesn't mean that a, a, a loving swat on the butt that hurts for a moment is unloving. I'm saying real, actual harm. And, and whether that harm would be physical or emotional or anything else, I'm just saying that if your love to the lost is hurting them at that level, then your love isn't being loving, you know? Because Daniel's truth, the truth that he lived for even though it was in direct disagreement with the person that he served in this world because again remember daniel did not believe darius was a god ever and darius did believe that he was a god darius believed that he was a god above daniel's god right and yet daniel served Darius because he knew the truth that his god was the reigning god above all other gods and yet at the end of this story Darius, starting in verse 25, sends a decree out to all the people of the entire empire that is to be repeated and copied to all people of all nations and all languages that dwell in the whole earth that says peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring forever his kingdom shall never be destroyed and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. And Daniel was more prosperous. Not because Daniel decided to stand against the lies of the enemy or to to flaunt his faith in the face of those who persecuted him. No, because Daniel... Faithful. He was patiently and quietly faithful to the end. And that is what we need. We need to be faithful.
0: You know, make sure that you follow us everywhere you eat your podcast. Catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on GSM Network, and follow that Pentecostal podcast every Monday. And catch us on every Wednesday here at the Jesus Time News Podcast. We'll see you guys next week.